0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table.
1: Hey, where are you? Coming!
0: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey,
1: this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it.
0: And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel—it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash with amex.
2: Back in the saddle once again on a Monday, Greg Center and Kyler Ludlow. Happy to have you along, Kyler. Uh, what a weekend it was, and I, I know I'm tired, but I don't know how you've recovered, but I'm still struggling from a long Saturday that saw EMU football get a win and then EMU volleyball laying their heart on line once again, but not able to come all the way with a W. Yeah,
3: it was a, a tough weekend for the volleyball team, but they they stuck with two of the best teams in the MAC, the preseason favorite and last year's champion. Uh, in Miami, and Bowling Green, who was picked to finish second in the East, uh, took Miami to five, lost very close sets to Bowling Green, ended up falling in four, and like you said, it ended up being a long day and a late night uh, as those matches were really, really good, uh, but that football win kind of gave us the energy uh, to get through everything because that was uh, such a fun game in Ryan Earson on Saturday.
2: Yeah, you look at what EMU football was able to do. It's first win over Toledo since 2006. Mike Glass had a huge day for him, becoming just the first quarterback that we can find in EMU history, going back to 1950 to rush for back-to-back games with 100 yards uh, for him. And more impressively, he did that just in a first half before he unfortunately left the injury we don't have an update on his status but I know we'll get uh, words from coach Creighton here in a a few minutes but he had a phenomenal first half performance
3: yeah he set the tone and I think you mentioned it with coach Creighton but uh, after the running game had been stagnant uh, for quite a few of the games this season to have Mike and the rest of the running back crew kind of running all over toledo uh it was a shot in the arm for everybody and to to go up big early on such a good team in toledo i i think everyone was feeding off the energy from that the stadium was alive uh the defense was flying all over the place special teams was doing a great job of pinning toledo uh back on their half of the field but uh the second half that kind of Lost its luster a little bit, and it was uh, just white knuckler down to the end uh, with that. But fortunately, uh, the defense stepped up when it mattered most.
2: Freddie McGee will not soon forget that moment uh, that he was able to help knock away a pass on uh, the two-point conversion to help seal the EMU win. It was also a week that saw EMU Women's Golf have their only home tournament of the year. We caught up with Stephanie Jennings in this show. They're right now in action, wrapping up. Uh, their Mac fall preview men's golf also closing out their campaign of the fall today uh, and before we know it uh, cross country only a week away from their championships and soccer in the home stretch
3: as well and the soccer team is back at home on Thursday so that's an opportunity for fans to get out and see the Eagles there and uh, on Saturday swimming starts too uh, and we get a chance to talk to Peter Lynn and his outlook on the team for the upcoming season it's almost winter time it's that dreaded crossover season from our office uh, as peanuts galleries back for this week and she gets to sit down with a women's basketball player Juanita Juanita uh, just kind of giving a, a fun little look at some of one of our student athletes from the farthest away of all of the teams uh, and you can kind of hear more about that from peanut i won't i won't step on her interview uh with
2: juanita you're not gonna tip your cap too soon come on <laughs> that's a tease if i've ever heard one that's right. stay tuned we also roll out our newest sponsor to the podcast boost mobile by candy cane wireless do you want to eat something better than ramen we'll come to candy cane wireless your local boost mobile dealer and get all the data and hot spots you'll need to feed your brain while having money left over to eat More than just noodles. Boost Mobile by Candy Cane Wireless, located at 3033 Packard Street in Ann Arbor, our newest sponsor to the broadcast. And Thoughts uh, as we close out this week and the last non-homecoming week uh, that we'll have as we get ready for a a fun harvesting fest next week when uh, Army comes to town.
3: It's kind of the quiet before the, the storm of big homecoming week with volleyball and football both being on the road. Uh, There are a couple of home games going on, but uh, this weekend, a lot of chances to watch our teams playing uh, on ESPN Plus and ESPN 3. So make sure you tune in and uh, make sure you follow us. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Eastern Insider. You can find it there. You can find it on Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, Try to make it so you can listen in on your phones, wherever you may be. And appreciate everybody's feedback on there. Like us. And uh, get, leave us a comment if you want to.
2: Also, don't forget the EMU mobile app now out there as well. Download the newest version, both on Google Play and as well as your Apple product as well. Search Eastern Michigan University and look for the athletics app now on any of your mobile devices. Eagles head back out on the road. They'll take on Ball State this week as they tackle the Cardinals in Muncie. But we first recap the Eastern Michigan win. 28-26, knocking off Toledo for the first time since 2006. In a game in the first half, everybody recognizes the offense and what a stellar job that Coach Keene and really the entire offense were able to do with four of the five longest runs of the year that was really the biggest key that I took away from that first half is just the ability to run the football exceptionally well
4: it was definitely our, our best outing as of yet in terms of running the football um, you know we feel feel really good about the plan and about the execution and just the the first half it wasn't just about running although that you know again that was very well done um, but it was the combination of our team goal of not letting them start on our half of the field. Our special teams, really, especially in the first half, played really well. Our defense, you know, held an explosive unit that was averaging 46 points to three. And then our offense scored, I think, with four out of the five mm-hmm. possessions. And, and um, we only threw the ball eight times. So it was, um, it was a great half of football.
2: Mike Glass was able to get the start, uh, turns in another 100-plus performance in the first half, also throws for 100 yards. What was the the decision to finally make him the starting quarterback over Tyler for that game?
4: Well, we just, was stuff that we've been talking about all year, we've got two good ones. Um, but you, you saw it again uh, against Western Michigan is that we just, weren't as effective running the football with Tyler um, as we are with Mike and it's just it's too important facet of the game for us to to not be full-on in that way and so it's it's um, if we're running the ball really really well and dominant without using the quarterback um, then it could be a different situation Tyler's a great quarterback uh, so it's to some degree it's nothing that he's done wrong it's just the fact that offensively we've needed the quarterback to to help us rush the football and and so mike helps us do that and uh, that was the reason for um, him starting
2: Defensively, in the first half, you mentioned it a couple times. Eastern's defense was up to the challenge in the first half. Uh, but I know fourth quarter, you had to put them in a difficult spot after not able to convert on a fourth and one at midfield. Uh, but ultimately, they found a way to respond on the two-point conversion and even then had them on a fourth and ten play in desperation mode even to just get the touchdown to, to try to tie it up. Yeah, when you say
4: fourth and one, are you or saying fourth, fourth and one inch or fourth and a yard?
2: Yeah, it was close.
4: Yeah, so closer to to half an inch. And you know, there's part of me, and maybe I'm stubborn, whatever. But if you if you can't get an inch to win the game, then it's hard to say that you deserve to win the game. And I just uh, so disappointed um, in that, and put the defense in a in a really bad spot but the defense did respond after a long run by their quarterback, which was really their offense. Held them to a fourth and ten, then their quarterback, again, just on a, a non-designed quarterback run, ran it in for, for the touchdown, and then the defense came up big with the, with the stop on the two-point play. So that was a great finish, but just overall it was not a great finish by us.
2: What do you, uh, not to, to think of that one? The play on fourth and one too much, but uh, difficult in the aspect you also put in a freshman quarterback who's had limited playing time. Uh, how has he been able to prepare himself to get into to games at this
4: point as well? Because I know you'd like to see him get in there a little more based on his talent. Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, that, that was not, uh, Jairus has run that play plenty of times, and he, he was absolutely prepared for that. And, and could he have run faster, harder, you know, into the defender to try to get that, that inch? Absolutely. Um, But uh, the defender probably shouldn't have been right there. So, so we had some other issues with that, but um, uh, no, we think he's a weapon um, especially with his feet and just thought that that was our best chance of, of getting the inch
2: here with emu head football coach chris Creighton. as uh, you look at it I, I know a lot of people look at the name toledo and they're the, the defending MAC champs but it was not the most jubilant locker room i've ever been in with with you it was just a workmanlike place that these guys it's it's another team but yes it's another building block in the foundation to finally be able to say this program has knocked
4: off toledo I mean, there's 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 no doubt that there was—I hate saying it, but there's probably some relief, you know, with winning, no matter who it was against, um, just because we'd been in so many close ones and, and come up short. But I do hope uh, and I do believe that our guys now know—not now, but know what playing good football is— and that is what we're going after. Of course, the object of the game is to win. We want to win every game. Um, and there's times where you don't play well and you win. I get that. And there's times where you play really well and you don't. And those are hard. But uh, the standard still has to be becoming our best. Um, and when that is your standard, then there are going to be times where where you when you win and you still don't feel great about it. So don't get me wrong. I mean, we feel good. We, we played really good in the first half. Mm-hmm really good and the third quarter wasn't bad at all you know we make that field goal from the 15 yard line all of a sudden now it's what 31 to 3 and you know there's a little little bit more momentum and juice after driving all the way down there and we just weren't able to play the fourth quarter the way that we wanted to and needed to and so we're definitely excited about the fact that we won and the the historical part of that and the fact that they're defending MAC champs. They're a really good program. But uh, you can't feel good about not getting the edge.
2: This week, the opponent, the Ball State Cardinals, they're a team that picked up a a big road win for them. uh, Knocking off Central Michigan, they were a team that needed uh, a road win. They had dropped their last eight straight. But a a Ball State team that uh, has really improved
4: But a lot of that can be taken back to their health this year. Last year, they were just decimated with injuries. They were. I mean, it was well documented. But, I mean, how could it not be? I mean, they just – it was – I mean, you just felt bad because it, they just were decimated by injury. But talking to Coach New, I mean, there weren't excuses being made. There was – heads weren't being hung. I mean, their attitude and their effort and all that stuff was exactly what you would dream of, even though it was a – you know, they were going through a tough time. Um, and so, again, I've I, – I mean, I knew during the game and even watching film – prior to last year's game that they were going to be in great hands and we're going to be a completely different team um, just as soon as the season ended, you know, and they were going to be able to start uh, to heal and become who they are. So they were down 20 to 7 Central Michigan and came back and, and, and won the game. And it was, uh, uh, it was a fun, fun game to watch.
2: Last year, you played against the fourth-string quarterback. This year, they've got their main guy back, Riley Neal. He's uh, not only able to sling it around the yard, he has nine touchdown passes, but he can also run it as well. What do you expect out of their signal
4: caller? He's really good. I mean, his coming-out party was in 2015. His first start was against us. <laughs> and... um you know, we had them backed up, and we're up in the game early, and had a fourth down, I believe it was, and and they converted, and he went on a really long run. He made about how many guys do we have on the field? Eleven. He made thirteen guys miss, and um, I mean, his he just kind of took off. He was really good when he had come in prior to our game, but started in our game, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in our in our conference, um, and now he's an experienced veteran. And the, he wasn't the only guy who was hurt last year. But, you know, he when you when your starting quarterback comes back, and like you said, they were on their fourth string, I think, with us last year, if you're right. He's just, he's a difference maker.
2: I know it seems like a long time ago, but what do you remember most about the last time you were in Muncie, 2016, coming back from 21 points down to become bowl eligible, which led eventually to the Bahamas Bowl, but really a, a transformational night
4: in, in emu football history it was a great night it was a crazy night it was a long night you know it was a long game um you know it was one of them action games so it was a tuesday or wednesday night it was election night so it was probably a tuesday night and uh we were down but definitely not out you know we fumbled the ball twice early and um had to come back and first time i ever Decided to let a team score to get the ball back, Um, got the ball back, went down and scored and won, you know, just sort of a crazy deal. And, and then um, getting on the bus and finding out who the new president was. I mean, it was just a lot of, a lot of unexpected things happened that night.
2: I've had some late nights. That one, uh, is the, in terms of the latest night getting back, only topped by the recent trip to San Diego in terms of returning home to the Convo. Uh, you look at this game, uh, a quick key to victory for what it's going to take for the Eagles to knock off the Cardinals on Saturday.
4: Well, we're watching them right now and, and still trying to, to figure all that out. I think this is going to be an incredibly competitive game. I don't know that I've got specific keys to victory quite yet. Uh, I do know that our punt team, which has been fantastic, it was it was probably l- less us stubbing our toe and and, and really credit to Toledo's returners and um, their scheme. But uh, don't feel good about how we finished up with our with our punt game. So our, our special teams are going to have to come through for us. We did not turn the ball over. We put it on the ground a couple times, but that's uh, something that we absolutely need to um, continue that trend we need to take the ball away and we need to take care of it we're going to need to continue to be able to rush the ball effectively on offense and on defense Riley Neal can hurt you with both his feet his arm and his head so it's going to take a lot of work on our part try to figure out how to how to stymie him
2: Coach, best of luck as always. The Eagles put the 16th best turnover margin in the country on the line Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. We're looking forward to it. Thanks as always. Quick timeout. We're back to uh, the Eastern Insider after this.
3: And now joining us for the first time on the Eastern Insider podcast for the 2018-19 season is head swimming coach Peter Lynn. Coach, uh, season starts on Saturday, October 20th. Denison's going to be in the building. What are the feelings
5: as the season gets started? I think everybody is excited because obviously it's the first meet. We really haven't had any competitions. They start earlier and earlier every year. So it's uh, one of those things where we're never quite sure what's going to happen until it happens. We've had a long history of racing Denison. Uh, Greg Perini and I are great friends and we're looking forward to uh, a a very fun competition.
3: Now, after Denison, a couple of Mac matches at Toledo and then here again at home, the second home meet of the fall with Ohio and then a match, a match, a meet at Oakland and then the Denison invitational kind of a snapshot of the fall. What is it about this fall schedule that
5: has you and the staff excited? I think it's, you know, a series of, you know, some really uh, excellent meets, uh, You know, we've had a long, again, we've had a long history of uh, racing with a lot of these teams. And uh, we were competing against Ohio before we were in the Midmarine Conference. So that goes back. They've got a new coaching staff. We'll see what that's like. Uh, We've been down to Denison before. uh, We're looking forward to being at an Invitational this fall. It's uh, it's got a lot of teams coming up. It'll be really exciting. And uh, it's the first time we've been on the road in December, actually, for a championship meet. We've held them in the past here, but uh, we're choosing to go down there this year.
3: When the preseason MAC rankings came out just last week, and you and the Eagles ranked number two behind Akron.
5: Yeah, those the you know that's like everything's on paper, right? You know, I mean, <laughs> you don't you don't get to you know uh, you got to swim the meets. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, uh, it's a very competitive conference. I think we got ranked as the most competitive conference in the country about five years ago in the sense that now we're all the teams very closely packed in together but there was a lot of first to last last to first sort of, mm-hmm. of movements from year to year you know i'd say uh, anybody in the top half uh you know it could interchange with people although akron is obviously a solid favorite but i think uh after that uh whoever has the best meet.
3: so you return the Mac Co Outstanding Swimmer and Nicole Swartz, plus NSA All Americans, Laney Duncan, and all Mac first teamer, Casey Gavigan. Uh, those are the big names that are returning, but what is coming on to the to the team this year that has you excited?
5: Well, I, I mean every year we try to treat it like you're starting over. You know, it's one of those things where uh, you know, no, no, no one pays you for something you did okay. last year. So, uh, you know, obviously they're going to set goals for themselves that where they want to, you know, move up, get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure Nicole wants to, uh, you know, continue to improve. Uh, she missed the Mac record by three hundredths of a second or something in mm-hmm. the 400 IM. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Delaney obviously wants to continue to improve as well. Uh, and, as does Casey, and uh, they're going to get challenged. I mean, there are good people in the conference in those events, and uh, we have a relatively small freshman class. Uh, you know, at our inter-squad meet, uh, Amelia Kennard uh, kind of stood out as a, you know having a great meet. Uh, we've got people like Steph Johnson and Amelia um, yeah. Armstrong-Grant uh, that both had great years last year. Uh, So we've got, you know, we've got a a solid group, but we're going to need to develop a a little more quality depth in the course of the year uh, if we're going to challenge for the conference championship.
3: One part of that depth on the diving side with uh, losing a large class, just how as a overall program do you look at going forward knowing, like you said, kind of on paper, there's been some big changes there?
5: I, I, again, you just have the people that you have. You know, I mean, you, I mean, honestly, you, you're you're sitting here every year. You have the group of people. They're they did different things. They're they're in a different place than they were a year before. Doing what you did in the past doesn't work for you. Uh, you've just got to kind of move forward and try to be better where, you're, where you can be better, try to have some new people move up. Generally, you know, your freshmen aren't replacing your seniors. Your underclassmen are going to replace your seniors. Your freshmen need to replace your underclassmen. And uh, the better job we do with that, the, you know, the more stable our success will be.
3: Well, Kitch, thanks so much for your time. I know you got to get ready for practice. Got big stuff coming this week. So appreciate your time. We look forward to talking to you again, come uh, towards maybe the end of this fall or the
2: beginning of the spring semester. Sounds good. Thanks. Eagles fresh off a home tournament finish that they had at Eagle Crest, the Shirley Spork Invitational. The second of them and time to sit down with the first year head coach of Eastern Michigan. And that's Stephanie Jennings returning to her alma mater. Previously uh, had been at Meadowbrook Country Club, but comes back first foray into college coaching. What really attracted you to this job?
1: Well, I feel everything I've done in my life, in my golf career, is now being brought all into one thing with coaching. I mean, I've taught at uh, private clubs, I've worked at a women's golf association, and I've ran player development programs and coached high school teams. So it's kind of all now coming. And the other part is, it's my alma mater, you know, how could I not be attracted to that and, and wanting to see this team, you know, get to where I feel they they deserve to be uh, as far as in the MAC and as far as their accomplishments in golf.
2: You were one of the program's first recruits when it got started. Uh, what was the the thinking when you were like, okay, I'm going to come to Eastern, they don't have golf, but I can help establish that foundation all these years later, a much different program now than what you first started with.
1: Absolutely. It it was interesting because we were all freshmen. All of us never experienced college golf before. I was really attracted to the coach um, she had had some accolades prior to becoming our high coach, and so that's what really brought me here. And it wasn't too far from home, but it was far enough where I could be away from mom and dad. But it, it did. The, the whole landscape of, of college golf has changed since I've been here and changed for the better. You know, the quality of golf has gotten that much better, uh, particularly in the MAC. You know, people are scoring. If you're not scoring 75 or under, you know, you're really not, you know, getting up there in the top top five even in the MAC. So I think that's that's our goal from an Eastern Michigan standpoint is to get our players into that realm of of 75 and, and less for our 18-hole events.
2: You say 75 or less, you look back at your career average, it was uh, in 82 rounds, you had 17 top 10 finishes, five top five finishes, and uh, one of the best all-time to wear the green and white. How, when you were thinking back when you were a player, did you ever envision that someday this, you wanted to be a head coach?
1: I, probably not. Then I wanted to be. I, I don't know. I've I've always had coaching in my top five of things I wanted to do in my career. Um, it it may not have always been at number one, but it's always been in there. And I've just loved helping others be, be their better selves, whether it's in golf or just better selves, you know, overall in their their lives. So I feel it's kind of my calling to not only give back to my alma mater, but to just be there to help these young women achieve what they want to achieve, whether it's in golf, whether it's in school, and kind of bringing it all together. I know it's a challenge to manage everything when you're a student athlete so i feel i can i can help them manage that and and achieve what they want to achieve from from a golf standpoint
2: you look at the makeup of your team eight eight females uh, that have a variety of different backgrounds kids from thailand kids from canada and then kids locally mm-hmm. how difficult is it to to balance all the different worlds that that your eight girls have come from
1: yeah i i don't i don't know i guess i don't find it difficult because they have really built some great friendships and and great bonds, and even our two freshmen, Abby and, and Green, who you know, when you're a freshman, it's hard to what I want to mm-hmm. say fit in to a team, and they, uh, the, the other upperclassmen, have embraced them and brought them into the fold, and I'm really fortunate that they all have that that bond. Uh, to work together, to want to come out and practice. Even when we're not scheduled to practice, they want to come out and they want to be out here at the golf course. So I'm very fortunate, the work ethic that they have and and the, the bond that a lot of them have together.
2: Eastern Michigan, very lucky to have a facility like Eagle Crest. You just wrap up the Shirley Spork Invitational. Second time this program has hosted a tournament, something that had taken a very long time for it to finally happen. But the namesake of the tournament, Shirley Spork, the person who really got the LPGA going along with a bunch of founders that she teamed up with, but not many schools can say they have a founding member of the LPGA as part of their alumni. And, and I know that's a big feather in this program's cap.
1: It's, it's amazing. And I don't think Shirley gets the accolades that she really deserves as, as much as she should get them. And yeah, I mean, she, she's a phenomenal woman for her to still be around and be alive to experience. And I've even had phone conversations with her leading up to this tournament. She did a little video message for everyone who played in this tournament and, uh, We're just very fortunate. I will give credit to Pina Gentile, who was my predecessor here at Eastern, who did, you know, start that tournament and, uh, we're just going to keep it going and keep getting it, keep growing it. But like you said, it's it's a phenomenal facility with the Marriott, with the golf course. We're just very fortunate to have what we have here and the teams love to be here.
2: You were only hired a few weeks before the season got going, uh, but you look at it halfway through your, your fall campaign. Where's this team right now, knowing that it's heading to where the Mac championships are going to be held in just a few days?
1: Yeah, the the hard part is everybody's shined in certain moments in, in the first three tournaments that we've had. So finding that solid top five has really become a challenge for me. Um and and trying to figure out who who's can stay consistent enough to weather the storm and knowing that coming up here next weekend, although it's 80 degrees today, it's gonna to be a high of fifty, I think, next week. So um finding those players, those top five players who can really stay consistent and and we talk about boring golf you know p- making pars is boring golf but making pars is pretty awesome boring golf so i say that to the team a lot that that boring golf is okay you know yes you're going to get some birdies here and there and yes we'll get some bogeys but if you just stay with it and stay and make some pars we'll, we'll get there too you know i always say it's a marathon not a sprint so we just got to keep working at it tomorrow we're gonna be out for practice and keep grinding
2: and then last question before we get you out of here you look back at uh really the hiring process when we sat down you talked Mm -hmm. a lot about uh how important it was for golf in women's lives not only to be able to to one play forever Mm -hmm. but also to just it brings so much more than that if somebody's out there right now that their daughter is is growing up what would you tell them a reason to get their kids golfing early
1: I would say, I mean, I started golf when I was eight years old, and I uh, credit that to my brother. But I think some of them start really, really early, but you just, you just got to have them enjoy the game. And, you know, a lot of people say this, but I'm going to repeat it. It's a game we can enjoy for the rest of our lives, whether your child... Becomes a collegiate golfer or not, it's just that sport that carries over into your later years in life because you get a job and say your boss, oh hey, you want to play in our corporate golf outing? Oh yeah, sure, I'll play. And you know, when when the your boss can see that that you're getting involved in things and it just it means a whole lot, you know, later in life. So I think in general, whether your child becomes a phenomenal athlete in golf or not, it's just a great sport to to learn, and a family sport to learn. I know my whole family, we all play golf. so
2: Steph, I appreciate your time. Congratulations on the job, and best of luck at the upcoming preview. Thank you so much, Greg. Quick time out. We return here on the Eastern Insider Podcast after this.
6: Hi, I'm Nicole Remedios, and this is Peanuts Gallery. And today, I'm joined with...
0: Juanita from the women's basketball team.
6: How you doing today?
0: I'm doing great.
6: That's good. So, lucky you. You get to be on Peanut's gallery. How you feeling about that? <laughs> excited? Nervous?
0: I'm excited.
6: <laughs> uh, first off, what year are you? I'm a sophomore. Nice. And you said you're on the women's basketball team. What position do you play? I'm a guard. A guard. Have mm-hmm. you played any other positions before that? Yeah, I used to play a uh, post. <laughs> Which one do you like better? <laughs> uh,
0: I like I like being a post more. Oh.
6: So, yeah. Heads up to the coaches. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> then, like, they don't expect me to just, like, jump over them because they're like,
6: oh, this small person. And I'm like, ah, I jump over So you got big height, lots of hops. <laughs> Some say that, yeah. Um, so where are you from? I'm from Seattle, Washington. And that's kind of a far distance to be here in good old Ypsilanti. What's the biggest difference?
0: Um, Not as much family. Like, immediate family, I should say.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have they come out to a couple games?
0: Uh, my mom has, came out to a few.
6: That's always fun. Um, how long have you been playing basketball? Um, eight years, I believe, since sixth grade. Wow, that's a long time. So I see you in the treatment room quite a bit, and you come in with some onesies. What, how many onesies do you have? Uh, two,
0: about to go on three.
6: What? What are they?
0: the first one is cookie monster the second one is a giraffe because i'm tall <laughs> and the third one will most likely be uh, a minion
6: minion if you could create your own onesie what would it be um create my own onesie it what, what animal color
0: i wouldn't want a unicorn that's pink with sparkles and like a rainbow has a little horn coming out of the yeah the horn being a
6: a rainbow that's fine if you were to put me in a onesie what do you think my spirit animal would be
0: your spirit animal (laughs) um i think of like i think of a
6: puppy oh i'll take that i'll take that that's cute um now speaking of pets i hear you have a pet yeah i have a hedgehog why a hedgehog (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> because because when I was looking for a pet I can't have a, a dog because like of my schedule yeah and I don't want like a hamster or something because that's like n- normal people stuff yeah so understand. I wanted to stand out and be unique so who
6: has a hedgehog that's
0: true Wanted does Juanita has a
6: hedgehog yeah. uh name of the Sonic. hedgehog Sonic? Yeah. <laughs> from Mario and all
0: those? Um yeah, from the Sonic game.
6: Okay, cool. Yeah. Um so you're also going to Canada soon to play. Have you ever been? No. Well, me being a Canadian citizen, I'm very excited for you. <laughs> you have to try Tim Hortons, like a real Tim Hortons, not The real Tim Hortons. Real Tim Hortons. Okay. And then you have to let us know how you like it later. For sure. And last thing, what's your favorite thing about Eastern?
0: Um, <clears throat> the people I'm around. They make me feel welcome. And like, the reason why earlier I said immediate family that aren't here is because I feel like people here around me are like my family.
6: Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole Remedios, and this was Peanuts Gallery.
2: Another week of the Eastern Insider podcast in the books. Before we go, we we'll want to remind you, if you're looking for a ride, Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out our their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of EMU Athletics. That's it for Kyler and I this week. We'll catch you next week for a special 98th homecoming edition of Eastern Michigan Athletics. We'll have you fully covered on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Until next time, I'm Greg Sanders saying thanks for tuning in.